Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jerry Van Eats. Welcome back to the Habitat Podcast, guys. I'm your host, Jerry Van Hees, and we are here with another episode, our first game plan episode of the 2019 deer season. Now, for anybody who hasn't listened to any of our game plan episodes in the past, we came up with this idea last year. And what this is, I'm trying to get us the most current information we can from somebody's successful hunt. Tonight, we have Lincoln Roan, our uh, friend from West Michigan, owner of Packer Max. He shot a great Michigan buck on Saturday night, which was the 5th, I believe. Yes. So... We're trying to get his strategy, what worked for him, combine that with the stuff that Brian and I saw over the weekend and get it to you guys to where you can take this information you heard here today and put it to plan this week and this weekend coming up. And maybe you also can be successful, as Lincoln was, using some of the same strategies. So that's why we call this a game plan. We're hoping you all can form a game plan for this upcoming weekend. And we're going to interview Lincoln, see what happened with his bucky shot, how it worked, and uh, that story is coming up next. First, I'd like to thank our sponsors. We have 5-2 Outdoors. If you guys are interested in a nice deer blind for this season yet, there's still time. Check him out, and he'll give you no sales tax for mentioning the Habitat podcast. So be sure to check Dale out at 5-2 Outdoors on Facebook for a new blind this season. I'd also like to thank Lincoln Roan, Packer Max Cult of Packers. Guys, he runs $50 off every single Cult of Packer for us. 
uh, for mentioning the Habitat podcast. And it is a great uh, Christmas present slash spring food plot tool coming up. Shoot, some of our guests we've talked to down in uh, Tennessee and Georgia are still planting. You know, they're planting cereal grains right now. So Lincoln can give it back or max to you guys right off the bat. Um, I'd also like to thank the rest of our sponsors, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit. I know our buddy Quentin just smoked an 8-point. That video will be up very soon. Check them out at michiganwhitetailpursuit.com. And then uh, Killer Food Plots. Our food plot seed is all coming up great, guys. Like I said, those lethal winter oats are getting hammered. Those grains are good to plant still for a lot of guys down south. So check that out at killerfoodplots.com. And uh, we're hitting them all here tonight. Here's HuntWise. I actually was driving on the way home from work, swung by a public piece of property after all the hunting public guys and Dan and Fall hunting beasts chasing around deer on on the uh, the public land challenge this week here in Michigan. I went out on some, and I learned that the spot I was trying to get to was actually private. So on the Google map, it looked public where they faded out in green. And then using my HuntWise app on the pro mode, I found out that it was actually private. Could not go any further, and I now can cross that spot off my list. So be sure to check out HuntWise app on your uh, at whatever app store you go to. Guys, without further ado, thanks for tuning in so much to the Habitat Podcast Game Plan Series. Here's our first one, a nice eight point from Lincoln Rome. Everybody, we are back with our very first game plan episode of 2019 with uh, no one other than Lincoln Roan. What's up, Link? Hey, what's going on, Jared? How you guys doing? Brian, what's up, man? Good. How's it going? We're doing good. Well, we uh, we uh, wanted to get you on because you just killed an a deer over the weekend. I'd like to hear all about it. And then Brian, yeah. he just smoked one, what, Brian, half hour? Yeah, well, probably more like two hours ago now, but. I yeah, mean, about 6 o'clock. Got a doe here in southwest Pennsylvania. Yes, I mean, deer season is on, boys. And, yeah, uh, it's in full swing. It's in full swing. And, and for anybody who doesn't know what these episodes are, we, we started this series last year called the Game Plan Series. And we're hoping that by hearing Lincoln's story tonight and even Brian's story about their success, that anybody who listens to this podcast within the next week or so can go out there and maybe take some of your guys' tactics, put them to put them to use, and hopefully be successful as well. So I know it did work for a few guys last year, so we're going to keep this going. And uh, you know, without further ado, let's, uh, let's just get right into it, Link. I know you... Uh, you started, you were hunting all of opening week, right? Tell us about how you, you got going and where you were hunting and, and what happened. Yeah, yeah so so I uh, I went up uh, October, well, um, the, uh, Monday, the night before opener, and I uh, went up to our property and and uh, I hunted Monday, or excuse me, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then uh, Sunday, actually I was up there Sunday, I didn't hunt Sunday because I killed Saturday night, but um Took the, took the day off, but uh, um, yeah. So so this is a buck. The the buck I, I was able to, to shoot one on Saturday and uh, Saturday evening and at the evening hunt. And uh, this is a buck that that um, we've had on our property for um, we believe four years, and uh, we know this buck pretty well. And uh, he was wounded 
as a two-year-old four-point. And we're in Nuego County in Michigan and uh, northern Nuego County, so it's, you know, it's not optimum farm farm country. And we actually get a lot of young, small spike horns starting out. And um, this is one of those bucks that started out as just a runt. And um, as two year, at two years old, he was just a wide, like a 15-inch wide four-point, just a clean wow. four. And um, the guys are kind of hard on him up there, and somebody shot him at, at his, as a two-year-old four-point. And um, he had a wound between his shoulder blades. And then I don't know if it was just under the hide, and then it, he exited through the neck. Uh, but there was also a wound on his neck. Holy cow. And so, yeah, so we, we knew it was him, and, you know, he, he I, after that happened, he, he was a homeboy. He, uh, that, the rest of that year as a two-year-old, he was into my, my plot, like, every night. He did not go out on state. He just, he stayed home. Learned his lesson. So yep, so I got tons of pictures of him, and um, he also had a split in his ear way back then. So I knew, you know, between three spots obviously is very recognizable and he was just a, a big two-year-old four-point so normally our bucks up there from two to three they really jump and um, this deer last year as a three-year-old didn't jump he was about a 16 inch wide five point um again that's still a wide you know, five that's a wide buck yeah what's that that's still a wide buck for you know I mean, yeah. a two-year-old and yeah. three-year-old, that's pretty wide for Michigan. Yeah, no, just no points, you know, just just, okay. just no points. And, uh, uh, you know, he was, a, he was a, a big deer, you know, like a kind of a stocky, a stocky bull, but not, you know, not a huge deer. But so we figured, you know, he didn't blow up at three. So we thought, you know, I'm not a fall buck guy. I don't believe in that, you know, especially in free-range deer. You know, there's spike horns out there that can turn into, you know, uh, booners. You know, I mean, yep. uh, you know, so we don't, we don't, I'm not a big advocate for shooting deer, you know, young when they're maybe substandard because, you know, typically, especially by us, they typically catch up at three. And um, this one didn't. <laughs> and so... <laughs> We kind of put him on our radar last year, and but that the buck went nocturnal, and we the only time that I saw it during daylight was the night before gun season. He was in the clover field behind the cabin, and we were just letting the property rest that night. We didn't go out, and so I watched him in the clover field. It's the only time we saw it during daylight, the entire season. Wow. And yeah, night before gun season, go figure. So. Um, and, and which year was there, that? What's that? And what year was that? That was last last year. Last year, okay, gotcha. Yep. So, um, so we're still getting pictures of them, you know, all throughout the gun season, throughout the muzzleloading. While in, in Wago, it's still gun season because of the nice, beautiful regulations. Um, so, but he made it through and um, started getting pictures of them this spring uh, in our clover plot. And, you know, before his horns were even bumps, and obviously we could see it was him. He had the split in the air. He had the wound between his shoulder blades, and he had the he spot on his neck. So um, watched him on and off throughout the summer. He kind of came and went periodically, but he, he pretty much liked this clover plot out back. And 
I got quite a few pictures of him, and he turned into a, you know, maybe 115-inch eight-point. Um, you know, not a – again, he's a four-year-old, and that's kind of – this is one of those one of those deer that, you know, is about the age, not the score on this right. one. And um, so um, that was the deer that I really wanted. I found his shed, actually, earlier this year in the food plot that I ended up shooting him out of. Uh, found his right side in that plot, and I actually have his shed from when he was a 4.2, and um, so it was kind of a neat, you know, neat series here. And then um, we did a food plot expansion program this year on some of our plots, and that's kind of the biggest tactic that I would have to say that we used was, you know, we we about doubled, we added about three acres in plots to three, you know, to three different plots. We had a forestry mulcher come in. And um, and then I actually um, have a uh, I got a Slayer blind from from uh, Rob from Slayer blinds. Okay. And um, we added that. I put that about you know just backed it off kind of 10 15 yards off the plot, and it's kind of in the in tucked into some some brush, and you know it's it's. Uh, I just really wasn't expecting a lot this year out of that plot because we had expanded it. And, you know, I didn't – I I mean, it was 4.7 when we started on the pH. So, I mean, I didn't even expect anything to grow. But we poured the lime to it. We did everything we could do. We added micronutrients to the soil. Um, it exploded. And um, I really cannot believe how great this plot did. Well, I started getting pictures of that buck at night on that plot. And – I thought, you know, I'm going to hunt in that blind. I got a tree stand on the plot, too, obviously, for wind, you know, different winds. But um, I thought, I'm going to hunt in that blind on Saturday night because we had a front coming in. And that deer, just know, from knowing that deer, he liked it. We always got pictures of him on, on, you know, rainy nights. And I knew there was a front coming in Saturday. And I thought, you know, this this could be the night that, you know, that he steps out in daylight. And so I... Just for scent containment and everything else, I jumped in the blind, and I, like I said, I knew it was, it was potentially going to rain. And uh, so I'll be darned, about 6.15, um, I had about six or eight does on the food plot, and they were mingling around. I had a couple of small bucks, and all of a sudden, I caught movement to my left. I looked to my left or to my right. And that buck runs out into the middle of the food plot and stops, and just like, just like, I own this plot, you know. Like he's just like got his chest puffed up, you know, like, like he was just king shit. And, and all the other do you know, everybody just kind of moved away from him and was like, holy crap, you know. And you could just tell he was a dominant deer. And um, I slipped the window open and. He was at 36 yards because he was standing kind of right by a mound of dirt that I had ranged earlier, so I knew he was 36 yards. And uh, I held on his heart, touched it off, and just KO'd him. And wow. He, he bulldozed out of the plot. And, I mean, he was running, you know, like his chest was pushing, you know, like a bulldozer. And uh, so I knew, obviously, that broke at least one of his front shoulders. And I'm using those those Ramcats. I can't say enough about those Ramcat broadheads. Holy cow. Okay. That thing looked like it got hit by a car. <laughs> I mean, it was just, there was bone chunks, and it was, wow. I mean, it, it wasn't, 
it wasn't, let's just say it wasn't a, a perfect shot. I was just a little bit forward and he was quartering too, just a, just a, just a hair. But I blew his heart out, went through that front shoulder, broke it, exited, you know, right, right in the, in the armpit. And, uh, he bulldozed out of there and about, uh, so I, you know, I knew, I, I knew I, I tattooed him and, uh, all of a sudden about three minutes later, it, the skies opened up and it was a torrential downpour. Yep. So I was like, you know, I got to get on this deer right away. And so thank goodness it was a, you know, I mean, it was just, it was, I mean, obviously it was a hard shot deer low in the chest. There was blood everywhere. So, um, fortunately, even with the torrential downpour, it was, you know, I was able to track him. I took him about a hundred yards and then, which is, I can't believe that deer made it that far. And uh, then my buddy joined me, and um, I couldn't get a direction. If he, he, he could have went left, he could have went right, and I could not pinpoint which way he went. And uh, my buddy found just a little speck of blood underneath of a fern that was kind of protected from the rain. And um, so I, then we got a direction, and then I found a spot where he had stopped. It was just a big pool of blood. So I said, he's close, you know, he's, he's, he's basically, he stopped, he's deciding where he's going to go. And, uh, I took about three more steps and he was laying there. So, oh man, yeah. congratulations, dude. That's a, that's a great story. Great shot. Yeah. Well, you know, and it, it was, it was cool. And because, like I said, because of the backstory with this deer and even just kind of knowing, you know, what his habits were, um, I think. You know, that's kind of a tactic that you learn from, you know, certain deer. You start picking up on when they move and when they don't move. And um, I just remember that this deer always liked to move either, you know, either in the rain or before rain. Hmm. Um, and, you know, we had that front come through, and I thought, man, it could be the night. So, and then, you know, obviously getting all the food and, and hunting, you know, hunting green. Uh, the acorns are dropping like crazy up by us right now, but those deer still have to have greens in order to, you know, in order to digest the acorns. So they definitely are hitting green right now too. So what do you have in that plot, Lincoln? Um, so that one I had, I think this is one that we had talked about earlier on one of our podcasts um, that we did. It's that one I planted in uh, Green Patch Plus. And then um, I mixed in cereal rye with it and then top seed it with, um, John Comps, uh, Northwoods Whitetails Red Clover. Okay. It's, I tell you what, that plot is just, I always say it looks like a Drury plot, you know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it just, it really, really did a great job. And I just tickled with the way it came in. And I actually shot him out of the new, the new portion, you know, that we had expanded on this summer. So that was yeah. kind of cool. And what's so, all that uh, Green Patch Plus for our listeners that aren't familiar with that? Yeah, so it's it, it does have some clovers in it. Um, it's got uh, wheat, um, brassicas, um, I think it's got some radish in it. The radish okay. really didn't didn't do that great. There was a, I think there was a few radish, but so so it's just kind of a blend of cereal grains. I think there's some oats in it. Um, so it's got a, a blend of cereal grains, you know, oats and wheat. I think it's primarily wheat, clovers, and brassicas, though. And then, yeah. uh, like I said, I always add I always add rye or cereal rye to my to my mixture just because I love cereal rye. It's such a great performer in our craft, you know, in our sandy soils up there. But 
Sure. So, yeah, Friday night I had uh, seven does at one time come out into my lethal oats killer yeah. food plant, and uh, I saw 17 that that evening. Which nice. Was, that's the most doe I ever seen at one time in a sit at my place. So seventeen, yeah, holy cow! Dope patrol up there. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we're. Did you? So um, now that you say that, I actually did. Um, I did have a bag of lethal oats, and I mixed that in with that with that blend also. Now you yeah. say that, because I, yeah. I had a, I had like a you know like a quarter acre bag or whatever, and I just mixed it all together, threw my rye in there, and the Green Patch Plus, and and uh, then I top seeded with John Comp. So it's kind of my own little my own little potion. <laughs> but the key is we're we're seeing deer on cereal grain. We, we're yes, you over yep. Michigan and me in yep. Ohio. So it's What's your what's your acorn crop doing over there? What's that? What's your acorn crop doing over there? Is it hard or is I don't have a whole lot of acorns on my okay. farm. I'm very limited on the oaks because they logged it out pretty good before I bought the farm. Okay. But uh, here in here in Pennsylvania, I'm I'm an hour and a half away from my farm in Ohio and mm-hmm. that's that doe was just crushing them tonight before I put an arrow through her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Matter of fact, I checked the stomach of the of my buck, and I, much to my surprise, because there's still a lot of guys that are baiting around us, even though it's uh, been outlawed. And much to my surprise, there was no in with this particular deer. That doesn't surprise me really, but I shouldn't be surprised. But there was no corn in that deer's stomach. It was all acorns and greens. Oh wow! So. I was uh, I was happy to see that, but um, now that's that's interesting. So normally, early season we talk about acorns, we talk about uh, cereal grains, and then we talk about beans. You know, if they're still green. Um, mm-hmm. So I went out. I went to Central Michigan, and I hunted uh, Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Friday night I was on. A bean field, and there was a bunch of deer that worked out into these beans. They were actually pretty green and starting to yellow, but there were a lot of deer in them. Um, uh-huh. Nothing mature. So that was kind of interesting, the beans. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Well, the next morning I sat under an oak tree between that same bean field, but I was on the other side. Beans on one side. I'm under a, a dropping oak tree and then standing corn behind me. And I I had deer in every everything. I mean, I had really? deer coming to the beans a little bit, but most of them were coming through the beans to get these acorns, like you said. And yep. then I saw more deer in that standing corn Saturday morning. I mean, it was 40 degrees, big cold front. So I want to make sure we we hit on the cold front here. That's pretty much yep. the whole reason I I went hunting is that cold front. And then I saw I, all kinds of deer. Coming into that standing corn, you see the stalks whipping back and forth. You know they're they're nibbling on them and eating them, and, right. and then the acorns. And same thing with Saturday night. Um, I was standing corn and acorns. So deer everywhere. They would come out of the corn, yeah. eat the acorns, go back into the corn. Um, it's just kind of interesting that we have, you know, greens and cereal grains, acorns, yep. beans, and corn, all getting hit right off the bat. Right you now. It is interesting, and you know, I, I think again, I think we mentioned this in that last podcast that you know the clover in that 
plot that I, you know, that I harvested this buck out of that red, that, uh, that red clover, John Comps red clover. I mean, they absolutely are annihilating that too, because I left a section along the back that was, I just left it in his clover because I didn't, I didn't want to till that part in because I wanted to keep something there while we were, you know, planting the rest of the plot. And they spent a lot of time in that clover. And I've said it before, early season, the first two weeks of October, you cannot beat a clover plot. Okay. And so they, they did spend a lot of time over there, too. So, um, yeah, they're, it's, it's, it is a little bit strange. They're, they're, kind of, they're kind of all over the charts, it seems like. Yeah, that's one thing that we stress to our listeners. Is if you can, if you've got the land and the time and the equipment to try to plan as much of a variety as you can because like yeah. Jared mentioned he saw them on three or four different types of crops and then if you have that all on your farm if they're changing their minds what they want to eat you got it all right there for them yeah definitely definitely unfortunately we can't uh we there's there's absolutely no way that we would be able to get corn to grow on right on our, our property so we just we just don't even try it we we substitute corn with um you know, with our turnip plots, that's basically why we do turnips so much is because, uh, you know, we can't grow corn. So, yeah, uh, that's there's not too many people planting corn for deer when it comes to no uh, smaller properties like ours. Yeah, I mean, we've got we've got a you know our biggest food plot is four acres, and they would, you know, <laughs> I mean, they would wipe that out in you know in sure. in the blink of an eye. Plus, if you could even get it, you know, it's right. really hard to fence corn. So. And the expense and everything else, it's tough. Yep. Yep. Well, I don't know why you're worried about corn, Link. You're the one that shot a buck, not Brian or I. <laughs> <laughs> An like, old one, too. Well, An old you know, one in one of the highest pressured part. parts of the state. Like, you did well, my friend. With a full history. Yeah. Yes. It is the highest. And honestly, I think New Eagle is the high, has the highest hunter numbers, if not second. It's got to um, be. In the state. And That's where I grew up. Yeah. Shoot a four-year-old in in in, uh, in that county is you know that that means a lot to me and and I don't I don't shoot too many four-year-olds on our property we don't shoot too many four-year-olds I think I've only shot one other one and the rest of you know I mean we target three-year-olds yep because of the area and so well we're gonna we're gonna keep these game plans a little bit shorter this year I'd like to hear from you maybe your one, two, three bullet points, and just real quick summarize why you think you were successful Saturday night. Yeah, I, you know, I guess, I guess the the key that I, you know, like I said, it was uh, having having the available food, um, you know, uh, there, and we had the plots, and uh, keeping, you know, keying in on on a cold front, and you know, and that pattern that that you know that we knew that deer liked, and. Um, know your deer. I mean, that's. I know you can't know them all, but you know, if, if you can, if you can learn these deer and what they're doing and what they like and and you know their their patterns, you're, you got a you got a leg up on them. And um, being at the right place at the right time, obviously, that's always always key in in just trying to put yourself in that position. So, awesome, man. I th- I think you nailed it. I think uh, I know you know. Brian and I may not have shot a buck over the weekend, but the guy I was with, Brent, he smoked a nice eight-point um, mm-hmm. Saturday night as well. And yep. I passed a, a young eight-point Saturday night. And I think 
I think the food and the cold front are are huge. The fact that you had them patterned is is just icing on the cake. You know what I mean? That's just awesome. I mean that you you, you pretty much knew. So that's yep. that's awesome. Um, and I think yeah, for our listeners coming this weekend, if if you, if they can get out on some food, because Saturday it's dropping again. And it's yep. gonna be another cold front on a Saturday. I mean, yep. shoot, if you they know, can try that, speaking it'd be great. Of this weekend, you know, don't. A lot of guys they freak out when they see the winds because it's supposed to be windy. Um, don't let that wind deter you. Okay. <laughs> um. So I've I'm I have killed three. I think three of my biggest bucks that I've killed in Michigan have been during high winds. Um, I buck that I call Shocker. He's the biggest my biggest Michigan buck. He um. He died during the tailwinds of hurricanes. Uh, I think it was Sandy, mm-hmm. uh, 55 mile an hour winds. I was sitting in a tree, going, "What in God's name are you doing up here?" And uh, but I had, I had, I was seeing deer, and that deer would not show himself any other time. You could be in perfect high pressure, everything would be great, you know, cold front, and the deer would not show himself. But the nastiest, foulest, windy day. You know, you could possibly imagine during a during the tailwinds of a hurricane, here he comes strolling in, yeah, comes right into my food plot, works the scrape, you know that that scrape that I always talk about in that particular plot that, right in front of me, coming in yeah. like a freaking poodle to work that thing. <laughs> you know, he walked right in there and smacked him, and so you know, high winds don't don't be. I mean, obviously you gotta be safe, but you know, thirty mile an hour winds are they're. I don't deter. I don't let it deter me. I get in a tree. Great point. Great point. I've I've seen the same, and uh, I took off to to come home Sunday night. It was real windy and warm, and my buddy who shot that one Saturday, he stayed and hunted. He saw more deer that night than he did the night before. So it was uh, <laughs> that that wind is is scary, but at the same time, those big bucks, they're the yep. they're the kings of the forest. They're not afraid of a little wind, and they know that most likely. We're not out there, I feel. Yep. It might be a yeah. little bit you know, crazy, but they yeah, know. Funny, I, mean, I always talk about how deer pattern us. Right. And, you know, you just think about what your dog, how your dog knows every move you're going to make before you make it. Yeah. Think about that. Your dog knows what you're going to do every day from the time you wake up to the time you go to work to the time you come home. He knows. Yeah. And that's what these deer, <laughs> yeah. they learn the same thing. And if you if you're predictable, they're gonna they're gonna nail you every time. Awesome. That's a good point. And that was a great point about the wind too. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Well, Lincoln, thanks yep. so much for hopping on here with us, brother. Congratulations it's once brother. again. I uh, I have the pictures from your Facebook. I'll grab one of those and and we'll get this loaded cool. tonight so people can take advantage of it for the weekend. So. Cool, man. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, you know like I said it's it's a. Uh, it's uh, it's not my biggest by far, but it's it's one of my one of my you know I'm 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 super proud of that deer because of the age of it and just because it's a homegrown and you know when he knew who he was and and kind of played with him on his you know I shot him in his kitchen you know yeah and, and um, absolutely so it's yeah cool. yeah I I'd have shot him in a heartbeat buddy good job heck yeah yeah thanks. appreciate yeah. it Congrats. good job on your dough tonight too Brian thank you. I'm gonna be. Uh, I might do some dole, dole patrol in the wind this this weekend. <laughs> oh yeah. 
And everybody that's listening, make sure you give Lincoln a call and get your Packer Max. That really makes a big difference on these uh, cereal grains we're talking about and all your other flocks. Yeah, definitely. Definitely does. It's a, it's a great piece of equipment. I believe in it strongly. Yep, you mentioned the podcast. You can get 50 bucks off. And uh, just because it's October doesn't mean uh, food plot season won't be here before we know it or Christmas presents yep. or anything like that. I mean, it's... Yep. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but my oats look like a lawnmower came through there and bit off every single t- every single <laughs> one of them. I mean, oh yeah, and I packed those babies in tight. So, yeah, yeah, they're hitting them hard right now, man. It's awesome. Lincoln, thanks so much, Bye. brother. We'll keep in touch and uh, good luck the rest of the season, man. Yeah, you guys too. I appreciate you having me, and uh, and yeah, great luck to you guys, and uh, look forward to seeing how you guys play out this year. Thank you awesome, so Lincoln. much. All right, see you guys. Take care. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that first game plan episode of the season here. We're going to keep bringing these to you uh, as often as we can and as current as we can. If you know anybody who shot a a nice buck or a small doe or anything in between, let us know if you think there's something we could all learn from it. So, and you know, we're looking for different regions, too. You know, we talk a lot about Michigan and some of the Midwest. You know, somebody from Oklahoma, you want to get out of here, just, just let us know. Uh, Shoot me a message on Facebook. We'll be sure to to talk to you and try to figure something out. So I wish everybody luck this season. Hopefully you can take this game plan, put it into your own game plan, and be successful on a deer this weekend or next time you get out. Uh, For anybody who hasn't checked out our new website, it is up, and we have some brand-new hats on there, guys. So check those out. got six different cool hats on there, all with the podcast logo. We do appreciate your support for anybody that goes on there and, uh, and picks one up. We'll get that sent out right away. That's the HabitatPodcast.com. We're also available on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Still putting content on all those almost every day. And, uh, you know, leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't yet. I'm sending out free details to the guys and gals who do leave us good reviews. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning into the Habitat Podcast as we become better Habitat managers. We will be back very soon with another episode. Take care.